You're listening to highlights from the Creative Processes interview with Ali Schouten, showrunner of iCarly. This podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. That was something in updating the show that was really exciting because it, it's right there. It's now she's in a sea of content creators, right? That the original show was this really unique wish fulfillment-y thing where it was like, I can't imagine being able to do a web show. And now everyone can, we've got our phones and it's something where, how do you cut through the noise? It's a very different question. It's a new set that these that these kids are facing. And, but it's also an exciting opportunity. There is somewhat of a democratization of content creation to some degree. I think it can be overemphasized because at the same time you need an expensive phone and you need internet access. And those are things not everyone has access to, but overall, I think that democratization is a good thing. Of course, it presents new opportunities for cyberbullying and all of that. So yeah, it's, it's complicated, but I think it's allowing for creativity to come forward in a new way, which is a great thing. We deal more in the second season with how your online persona and your real life persona sometimes can't help but be at odds with one another. You know, I think the first episode back, we get into how women are treated, how women in relationships are treated online. And in a later episode, we deal with how women are or are not allowed to express their anger online as content creators. And so it's something we talked a lot about in the room of that fracturing of self that even in a goofy show that's very lighthearted, that's very entertaining, hopefully uh, took your words. Uh, it's it's something that we we do discuss and we try and sneak little tidbits in there about that. And then I would say by the end of the three seasons I was on that show, I was like, oh yeah, I'm I'm a joke writer. I can do this because I was constantly having to do it. And you just, you get faster, you get better, you get the cadence of it. You start to realize that you can rely on other people in the room, that it's not competitive to be like beating each other's jokes and building on them. It's actually helping and it's a fun process to do it together. I also like to just sit with my script and a glass of wine and handwrite jokes on paper, copy of the script, any way that you can kind of get the juices flowing a little bit. It's like lifting weights. It truly is. You just have to practice. You just have to make yourself do it. And it's scary. And you just have to know that sometimes you're going to pitch jokes that don't work. And sometimes you're going to pitch jokes. You're like, this is insane. This doesn't even make sense, but you pitch it and the whole room laughs and it becomes a meme. And like, it, it just, you have to go with, what do I think is funny? And then you'll get the response from the room that'll guide you in the right direction in terms of how you need to shape it for the show. Don't pitch stuff just because you're like, well, last week the showrunner picked a joke that was like this. Pitch what you think is funny and, and you're, you'll naturally build that muscle toward joke writing. The introduction of her character, how there wasn't any coming out scene per se, like it was a very casual thing. How was that orchestrated? I think what you're, you're getting at is, is Harper's character is pansexual. Um, yeah. So I, she, she is, she's not non-binary. She uses mm-hmm. her pronouns. You know, it, it felt like we're never going to replace Sam, right? Mm-hmm. That's a really unique character that's beloved and we don't want to, like it, it would be, it would be a disservice to the show to be like, well, now she's got a new best friend and that one's over and we're never going to mention her again. Um, I don't think that's the correct way 
to do it. I don't think that's respectful of the fans. But I do think what was great about Sam's character is that she was someone who was very adventurous, very blunt, very opinionated. And so some of those traits we did want to incorporate into Harper's character. And so that was kind of the the core of it, starting there. Okay, who who would be a good foil for Carly, who we felt like maybe was in a little bit of arrested development, maybe a little bit sweeter, a little bit, you know, we, we based a lot of things on Miranda, who I, I don't know if you guys saw the video that people are freaking out where she says fuck and like the internet is exploding about it because they're like, I just can't imagine her. I mean, she's got a little edge to her, but overall she's like, you know, very, very adventurous, very sweet. And we kind of wanted someone who was a little bit more, yeah, opinionated and pushing her out of her comfort zone. And so in developing that character, it felt like just very realistic. I mean, we're in a major city that's very liberal, that's very creative, that this would be someone who would be a stylist who would not necessarily need to have a coming out story because maybe they aren't from a background where she might have come out as pansexual when she was 13, you know, (laughs) like that, that probably didn't, didn't need to be, you know, that Carly wouldn't be someone you needed to like sit down and hold her hand and say like, I've got something to tell you that this is someone who'd be like, oh, cool. You, my roommate brought home a woman or <laughs> my roommate brought home someone non-binary. And, and that's not something that like we have to discuss. And, and, you know, Lacey's talked a lot about how there is a place for that in a lot of shows. And it's really important to have art like that, but it's also equally important to have shows where it's not as you're saying, this this big deal coming out scene, that these are people just existing joyfully and living their lives and pursuing their dreams and relationships and, and that that's equally valuable. So I think we just felt like with the nature of the show, that was the opportunity we had. It's, it's such a joyful show that why not show someone really just existing and dating who they want to date and who they connect with. Yeah, definitely. I saw a lot of like tweets about it and and just praising the fact that it was such a casual introduction to this character and her sexuality and just everything about it. Like we gotta give it up for her. She really inhabits that character and, and in a way that's, I think, really special. How did you find Lacey and how are you like, this is her role? Um, Well, you know, I mentioned my fiance, um, I was, I don't think I've ever told this story. Hopefully I'm allowed to. Um, So we were looking at a lot, a lot, a lot of auditions. And Lacey was someone I think who was offer only. She'd been a series regular before. And so that means that she would go straight to network testing. And so we were looking at a lot of auditions and then my casting director, Melissa, sent me a list of offer only people. And I, I clicked on Lacey's reel and Aaron was making dinner and he heard her voice and goes, is that Lacey Mosley? You have to get her. You have to get her. Oh my gosh. I'm obsessed with her because he had done stuff at UCB. And so he was really familiar with her as an improviser. And he was like, that's, that's your person. Like you, you got to get her. And so then she and I met to discuss if it would be a fit. And then she went to network testing and just, you know, she was incredible, but, but she was someone that it was, you know, you've heard of hearing someone's voice through the phone and like signing them to a record deal, right? Like it was almost like that where he just, he heard her voice through my laptop speaker while he was listening to music in the other room. And, and it was, I was suddenly so excited. 
the responsibility is just to tell stories that are modern and compelling and representative less so than than positive. I, I don't know if that distinction makes sense. It, it's just about meeting people where they are and not where we think they should be and not trying to teach them a lesson. It's more just trying to give them what's going to make them happy and that they can turn on. I don't mind if we're a laundry folding show <laughs> that, you know, that people want to unwind, that people want to feel seen and people like Catherine, you know, can feel like they, the characters grew up with them and that these are their stories, but also younger people can watch and it feels aspirational and they see themselves, whether that they see characters that look like them, that have lifestyles that reflect theirs, that, you know, that they might want to grow up into and that that's something for them. It, it is a positive show for sure. But I think when we're crafting the stories, we're not thinking like what lesson is there? It's more like what thing that is real in 2022 are we representing? I think it's important for people to see stories where people are, they value their friendships. They maintain them over time. They care about each other. I mean, just having that is pretty important. You know, I always come back to advice that um, I worked for Ed Solomon, the screenwriter, for three years, and he always said, write what brings you joy. And I think that can extend to anything, whether that's making a TikTok dance video or researching neuroscience. You know, if that's the thing that brings you joy, then you are the right person to be doing that, that that's for you. And trying to fit into a box of what you think the market is going toward creatively or trying to do something because you think it's what other people want you to do. Yes, there's an audience and yes, there are writing assignments you'll be pitching on and you'll have to propose papers if, if you're a scientist and, and all these things. But if you don't find that kernel of joy for yourself in it, then it's not, it's not for you. It's not, you're not the best person for, for the job if, if you can't find something that you can really express yourself in there. We hope you've enjoyed listening to these highlights. To listen to the latest episodes or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thank you for listening.